0: Studio Stories, Studio Stories. A podcast reminiscing on Twin Cities dance history. All stories are connected, new ones woven from threads of the old. Hi, I'm Matthew Gendeski. Welcome to Studio Stories. Today our guest is Abdo Sayeg Rodriguez. Abdo has an illustrious career performing with the Ballet Nacional de Caracas and Ballet Nuevo Mundo de Caracas in Venezuela, Coming to the U.S. as a guest artist with Minnesota Dance Theater in 1994 under Lois Holton's direction. He later joined the company with over a decade of performing, later becoming Associate Artistic Director. Abdo is a 2007 recipient of the McKnight Dancers Fellowship and is presently the Executive Director of Two Dance. Welcome, Abdo.
1: Good to be here, Matthew. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's quite a quite a list. Uh, and this is even just a glimpse of it as well. I believe um, you have done and continue to do so much in this community. And it's such a rich history we have to share uh, with such distinguished accomplish, accomplishments to reflect on. Uh, I'm really looking forward to understanding more of your trajectory and uh, where you started dancing and everything. So how, how did you begin dancing?
1: Yes. So um, I am originally from a small town, uh, or a small city called uh, Barcelona in uh, Venezuela. And uh, I went to school, uh, college uh, in Caracas, Venezuela. In my small town, there was not much art. Uh, you barely see theater or dance. It's a fisherman town, kind of like uh, a touristic uh, a place for Venezuelans to go uh, but when I moved to Caracas to go to the university I had the opportunity to be immersed in, in art and culture much more uh, and I went one weekend uh, with my dear friend Pedro Aranguren uh, to see a group of American stars of ballet or something like that Mm -hmm. It was a tour uh, company led by Cynthia Gregory uh, of principal dancers of ABT uh, and they perform in Caracas. And um, I just saw ballet for the first time. I was 17 years old and I just fell in love with with what I saw. Um, And that led me to be motivated to study the possibility of, Of dancing professionally. Um, And that same weekend, there was an ad on the paper uh, looking for young men uh, to start dancing um, at no cost in one of the best ballet schools in in the country, in Venezuela. And um, on Thursday, I was there taking my first ballet class, not knowing anything about ballet or the technique or 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 the arts uh, itself um and that's how i started
0: what i okay abdo you started dancing at the age of 17 ballet training yes i am blown away by this information did you were you like highly athletic or something before all this or
1: Yeah, before that, you you know, well, in all of South American countries and in the Caribbean, we grew up dancing. Uh, Folklore and and salsa and bachata and merengue and all of the Latin rhythms. Uh, But I was also participating at a gym in Caracas in uh, what was called synchronized aerobics, which was a competition form of doing aerobics uh, with choreography and, and competing with other gyms. So I was athletic and flexible. And certainly my body looked like like a, like a young man dancing or dancer, I should say.
0: Okay. That makes a little bit more sense for me. I was like, am going to be blown away that the amazing technique and abilities that you have were started at age 17. So that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Thank you. So so that really was kind of your a pivotal moment for you that encouraged you to to become a dancer and and make it a career.
1: Yes, I, I as I mentioned before I went to Caracas to go to the university and I was uh at the school of business uh earning my degree in business administration. So I was at the beginning of my uh university years while I was Also starting to dance uh, at a dance school. Uh, The first school was the um, Ballet Arte de Caracas. And the second school was the Ballet Teresa Carreño. And um, the more I was taking ballet classes and and dance classes in general, the more I didn't want to do administration. Uh, (laughs) Yet I decided as a personal goal to finish my degree which I did. And once I did it, uh, I just dedicated myself hundred percent
0: to dance. Wow. So you, you were performing in Venezuela and how did, how did this correspondence with Minnesota dance theater begin? Uh, I know that you came here as a guest in 1994, but what were the, how, how were you found from Minnesota dance theater?
1: Yes, uh, so while I was performing with uh, Ballet Nuevo Mundo de Caracas under the artistic direction of Sandra Rodriguez, um, one of my friends in or coworkers in the company, Leticia Guerrero, uh, she was a guest artist with MDT, uh, and, and she worked with Lois Holton um, at a different a different company here in the U.S. But Lois Holton will bring her to Minnesota every year to do the Nutcracker. Uh, and in 1994, they needed uh, a new Nutcracker prince. And uh, they asked Leticia, do you know anybody? And Leticia asked me, um, which I accept. Of course, I was very excited. It was my first international uh, guest appearance, I guess. I was very young and nervous. Uh but that's how I came here through my friend, Leticia, uh, who brought me here. And that was the first Lois Holton uh, experience that I had. And that was the last Lois Holton's Nutcracker. She hmm. died the following year.
0: Okay. Incredible. And so you then kind of maintained, what was that like for you to to be in the USA and the, that first international travel that you did uh, in that experience. Where were you performing that Nutcracker? We were performing,
1: I believe, at the uh, Orpheum Theater that first year. It was also my first winter ever, my first Ah. time (laughs) with the snow. So (laughs) there are um, jokes about me. You know, we were rehearsing uh, at the orchestra, uh, or I'm sorry, at the opera studios um in in the warehouse district in, in Minneapolis and uh you know I had a little break and then I have to be in rehearsal and there was where is Abdo the Lisa Holton was asking where is Abdo where is Abdo and I was outside you know with my mouth open getting the snow <laughs> <laughs> into my face and my mouth so yeah it was uh it was great I, I felt uh very welcomed um uh, I felt uh very well supported by, by the MDT rehearsal directors and Lisa and Lois. And uh, that's when I met Peggy Sibe, uh and, and, and others uh, in the community, Laurel Keane, who was a 14 years mm-hmm. old dancer, student. So yeah, it was a great experience. Um, and then of course, to be in the theater with, you know, I don't know, 2,500 people um, was a very
0: incredible experience. Yeah, and the Nutcracker, Lois Holton's Nutcracker here for sure is is the kind of standard staple of the Christmas season here. So that's so great. So in that connection, uh, I understand that you kept coming back as a guest. Was it always with the Nutcracker at that time or...? It was certainly for not Crocker, but also
1: because Lois died in 1995. Lisa and the board of directors of MDT wanted to create a performance to celebrate her legacy, so I was invited, as well as other uh, Venezuelans, Leticia and other friends, to participate in a a performance to celebrate Lois' life. Um, And then I came back for Nutcracker and then Lisa was asked to choreograph and then she invited us again. So it started to be a a twice a year guest artist participation Mm -hmm. until I decided to move, uh, well, not to move, but I decided to leave Venezuela and start traveling as an artist in 1997. And I came here to Minnesota as a first stop seen if I had opportunities, and in 1998 is when I was able to, or MDT was able to offer me a dancer contract in what I call uh, the rebirth of MDT to as a permanent company uh, with four dancers that back then in
0: 1998. Do you, can you tell me what who those dancers were?
1: Yeah, it was Peggy, Saib Roy, um, it was uh, myself, Stefan, Andre, oh. and Anna Lagetsa.
0: Amazing. So, so having that full time contract, you were able to stay in the U.S. without visa and and green card kind of stuff happening at that time. What was what was that? shift like i mean i think it's nice that you had a little introduction to it a a few years in a row Uh, what was the you know a little bit more in depth within the dance community itself like what was the kind of energy around town um or something that i've heard through many other interviews is that minnesota dance theater was really minnesota dance theater like that was the full kind of focus um that you you really didn't get to see what else was going on would that be accurate or or did you get to see what else was going on in the community
1: yeah well um so yeah so once i was hired as a permanent dancer i was able to apply for a work visa which i uh, got as a work visa um and uh, that, of course, provided some security and legality to be able to stay in the country. Uh, and then uh, I don't agree that that we were all about MDT and close-minded about the community. Mm-hmm. Um, in those days, I was often taking class with ballet arts, with Boney Mathies and Lirena Branitsky um, in the second floor of the Hennepin Center. Um, and with that, you know, the dancers were all dancers from all other companies like Xenon and Jazz Dance and um, many independent artists, many of them from from, you know, very modern and postmodern um, uh, uh, styles that were or techniques that were uh Taking ballet classes. So, uh, in that way, I was, I felt very connected to to the community. And of course, I attended performances. Um, ballet of the Dolls was also, uh, oh, yeah. many of their dancers were there. Um, and I attended performances with Jazz Dance and uh, Win Freaky and uh, all of her wonderful dancers uh, with, uh, I forgot the name of, of her company too. Uh, Bored Bones, I think, was the name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I went to see her performances and and Danny uh, uh, Brucheski's company too. Um, so I was around looking at things, but yeah, certainly MDT took a lot of uh, my time and and we were MDTers and and in this community uh, that had a that had a a thing. I don't know. It was part of the continuation of the legacy uh, because so many people in the community have come from the Lois Holton years uh, that um, yeah, we were stepping in, in, in on the footsteps of all of those dancers yeah. too. So
0: It's interesting to me. So, cause I, I was there at Ballet arts at that time as well. And you're so right on that that was really the, it seemed like a hub for all of these dancers from different companies and even different aesthetics coming together for training. It was really cool and had this like really electric um, energy to it. Was, was, was Minnesota dance theater not having classes at that time maybe for the company or.
1: I think yes, we were having classes, and the classes, the company classes, were open, um, and and many people used to take the classes with us. Uh, but uh, I was going to to ballet arts to take class on on either weekends, like the Saturday class, or when we were off season, mm. just to have either a different approach or. Because maybe Lisa was taking a break from teaching, um, and and MDT didn't have open classes. Uh, but yeah, I remember you taking class. We were taking class together. This is like so many years ago, and also the James Sewell dancers. That's when I met Penny, and um, and yeah, all 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 old, yeah, that was a class that really had a lot of the dance community together. Those classes at Ballet Arts.
0: Yeah. And ballet was definitely not my (laughs) forte technique training, but I always was just trying to keep up and was in awe of, of getting to see you and getting to see all these amazing ballet dancers, you know, the line and the focus of the port de bras and, and things like that. Like, yeah, it was, it was really a wonderful experience to have that energy and excitement in the community And support it felt like we all were really supporting one another energetically you know
1: yeah it was it was fun it was more most of it it was fun it was just going to train with incredible teachers Uh, it always reminded me when I used to go to New York for in the summers to train it had the same feeling of training in New York where there was a lot of people in the room. everybody's dancing because they love to dance and take class uh, uh and and there was a range of of bodies and uh and and kind of styles you know we had the modern dancers and and the jazz dancers and the ballet dancers and people in point people in flat people in socks so it was it was very a lot of fun. That's what I remember from those classes. Yeah.
0: Well, I have mem- many memories of you being the prince in the nutcracker uh, as well. It's funny, I didn't realize, I'm always su- surprised by doing these conversations, like the timing of things. Like I had just graduated from the University of Minnesota and I was dancing for Danny. And, and the fact that you in 1994 was your first uh, Minnesota nutcracker. And so I feel like I I got to see you in the beginnings, which is, <laughs> is exciting and wonderful. Um, you know, and, and it's just so great to have that you were here and you were dancing with Minnesota dance theater for over 10 years, I believe it is. Um, can you share some highlights that stand out, out to you? I imagine, you know, I can right away probably list the Lois Holtons, performance of her passing in 1995, but over 10 years, there's so much that, that you got to experience with the company. Can you share just some highlights that stand out to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, well, certainly uh, the Nutcracker was uh, one of the biggest highlights and, and I performed that since 1994 to 2007 uh always in the same role uh, and i just loved because it's a kind of thing that after you do it for 5 6 years it becomes part of your dna and um loved always working with the children and especially the marie the 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 young uh girl that you know the the lead uh character um, and, and helping them to feel comfortable and to gain confidence, and mentoring them. Um, so that what that was certainly one of my highlights, and also um, all the training and coaching that I received from Lisa Holton, which um, you know I can't deny. You know I came here as a young dancer, uh, and. Uh, Lisa Holton certainly helped to build my career. Um, and through her connections and choreographer's invitation exposed me to uh, kind of contemporary ballet and modern um, in, in a way that, uh, you know, I didn't have that experience before. Um, or if I had any kind of contemporary ballet, it was a different source um, being able to work with Winfridi and uh, a, many choreographers from from New York and uh, or working the classic as the classic dance uh, repertory like Anthony Tudor um, wow. and, and I mean many 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 so it was uh, I guess that what I'm trying to say is the highlight for me was the variety of works that. I was exposed to that. I was always eager to get into, um, and, and learn from it and, um, yeah. And just have that experience.
0: Yeah. I think one of the best qualities of a dancer is that curiosity. And I think having that experience of, you know, other choreographers coming in. So here you are, you know, remounting Lois and, and, creating work with Lisa. Did Lisa create work while you were there?
1: Oh know. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, having those opportunities of, you know, different expressions within a specific aesthetic and that contemporary line and style as well. Like how exciting to have just like, you know, being challenged by things, uh, being also drawing drawing out your wonderful abilities as well and like putting a spotlight on those. Like I just feel like that that's such a rich kind of environment uh as a dancer. You know, like you're you're getting challenged and you're also like getting to shine <laughs> as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So when when you were at MDT you you started teaching classes there for the youth as well right correct Yep. yeah and then kind of um were you teaching elsewhere in the community at that time as well or was it mainly focused on minnesota dance theater
1: um at the beginning was only at mdt and for many years only there just because it was um you know, they asked me, "Can you teach this class?" And you know, I didn't know how to teach. So, uh, you know, Lisa coached me, and and others, um, you know, as Peggy or other of my friends who were already teaching there. Um, you always go to to the teaching uh, kind of you put your teaching hat based on what you've learned from your teachers. So certainly, it was it was. Uh, passing through me all those uh, lessons that I learned from my teacher, especially Vladimir Saif, uh which was my Russian teacher in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, the influence that uh, Lisa's classes had on me or Lirena. Um, but I started teaching at MDT. And, uh, you know, I remember um, it was it started with a young boys class. Uh, because they wanted, uh, or Lisa wanted a, a, a man, a boy, uh, a young man to teach them, and, you know, so that there is a kind of representation. Um, and that was the hardest class I could ever think of teaching because those boys were, you know, not, um, what can I say? They were very um, distracted. Some of them didn't <laughs> know that they were there. Um and they were little, they were like six, seven, eight years old. And, and, uh, but it was, it was a fun class that I had. Uh, and then after that, I started teaching uh, other levels. Um, and, you know, I was kind of tough. I was like, you know, okay, you know, I'm like repeating what the toughness of my Russian teacher, Vladimir, which I love so much uh, and, and, and admire and respect and and, 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 yeah, and remember everything he did for me, uh, each day at class with, with so much love. So I was tough and, and, uh, in a good sense, never abusive, of course. Um uh, but I start continued teaching and in my classes, you know, there were like Reina, Gilliland, Eve Schulte, uh, many, <laughs> many, uh, many MDT students that became beautiful dancers, um, and I'm not taking credit for that. I mean, they have many students and always having Lisa as, as the main teacher, which, uh, you know, she's like a master teacher and a beautiful uh, dancer herself. So, uh, but yeah, those those were the days where I started teaching and I always love to teach. In fact, I wanted to go to school at the university to become a teacher, uh, that's what I wanted to do. But, you know, in, everybody will say, don't be a teacher. You're not going to get paid well. It's hard to work with children. So <laughs> I didn't do that. But finding uh, through through dance uh, that teaching voice was uh, very fulfilling. Uh, I still teach. And it's something that I don't think I will ever stop doing. So,
0: Yeah. And I have memories of um, seeing those boys in their white t-shirts and black tights running around the halls uh at a certain time and and rush benson was one of those students i don't know if if the timing works out but he's doing amazing things as a dancer now as well like just the the amount of uh people that came out of that and like you just never know how far they can go do you know what i mean absolutely (laughs) absolutely
1: and and rush was not on that group that that original group that i'm talking but he was also one of my students uh, later on so
0: yeah and i think i just love that like you know that there is an energy to that and that there is a you know you just don't know how or what you're teaching is going to impact someone you know and that they actually continue on through dance and have that a little bit of your spice within it you know (laughs) somehow in some way, it's there. So that's right. so cool. Um, so, Abdo, I didn't realize this, but you, in 2008, had an injury that kind of shifted your your performing. Can we talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so I had a first injury in the year 2000. I, my ACL um, broke in two. Um, and I had surgery and I had a great therapy and I became a better dancer and I danced for almost, uh, 10 years. And then in 2008, uh, it happened again in a class before a performance. Um, I remember I was taking the class at MDT with Lisa and of course all the dancers and from, from MDT, we we're going to go to the theater Uh, to perform uh, repertory uh, works and um, I did a jump and I knew what happened right away because I had the previous experience and I walked to Lisa and I said, I split my ACL again. And she screamed like, no, 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 that's not possible. And then we called um, our PT that used to see us and they came kind of in an emergency. This is like two hours before the performance and the kind of performance that I was doing every piece. Mm. So uh, for me not to perform was not an option because there wouldn't be performance. Um, I was doing a duet and, you know, many, 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 I was very involved in the, in the work. So so the PT came and basically reconstruct my knee from the outside with use, using tape um, which was very tight <laughs> and I remember that because my knee got so swollen that the pain was unbearable at the end of the performance um, because of, of how swollen it go and how tight the tapes had to be uh, and I performed that night, a Saturday night and the following day on Sunday
0: Oh my with- gosh
1: with an, with an ACL floating around. Um, and I have to say that the love of, of everybody in the production and all the dancers and how they take care of me, um, helping me, you know, as much as they could to not um, hurt myself more or, um, and also emotionally. Um, so I did those performances and then went back into, had a second surgery a lot of PT and my body, my knee didn't respond well for the second time. I was 38 years old. Um, and I couldn't get back mm. as much as I tried. My knee will not feel stable, secure. And I didn't want to dance with fear, uh, or not at that hundred percent that I only wanted to be on stage with, with that. Um, Every every time I would try, every time we'll take a class or even at PT, it just felt that at any second that knee was gonna uh, injure again. So I decided to not dance again, mm-hmm. and uh, nonetheless, I was at MDT as rehearsal director. So I have I was very busy uh, with helping Lisa putting together all the productions, including the Nutcracker. And then that led me to a couple of years years later to become the artistic associate. And then some years later, the associate artistic director.
0: Incredible. And I think, you know, as a dancer and not having that ability to, to dance anymore, that you had that strength to make that decision. (laughs) Abdo, I don't know. I, it's, it, I applaud you with that because it's so, you know, it's so much of our lives. I think, um, as movers, like the second that I'm not dancing, it's like, Whoa, watch out for Matthew. Cause <laughs> you know, just not a happy person. <laughs> um, yeah. What,
1: that outlet. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but it wasn't easy. It was, it was, a it was a huge emotional challenge for me. Um, uh, because again, since 1991, I believe, or yeah, I don't remember what year I started dancing, but since I started dancing, I've been in the studio basically every day. Yeah. So until until that day, and when I say in the studio, dancing, being the dancer. So and that day, everything changed. Um, and uh, you question, you know, like about, everything, everything is about your lifestyle. Uh, and then you start questioning, are you ready for the new chapter? Who mm. are you? Uh, who are you if you're not a dancer? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, and even though I was teaching a lot and rehearsing with the dancers and uh, being active in that way, always being careful with my knee, I, I felt that change and that, uh ability to be on stage performing, which is something that I really, 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 really love. I was always afraid or scared or nervous about process uh, because I'm a perfectionist. And when I'm learning or I was learning when I was learning repertory, I was it was always stressful um, trying to please choreographers and not being a fast learner and that was always very stressful for me. But once the process was done and I was on stage, it was just like so liberating. That's what I was living for. Um, and and living for in in a dual, uh, with a dual purpose, you know, for myself and my experience uh, as, as, as an artist that is creating art, but also for the, the the purpose of of giving to the audience um, everything I could give them to to experience the 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 work and the and the emotional or the story that the the specific work had there to to give them. And and I especially remember two two pieces that mark my, my career and I still dream with them. One of them was Win- Winborn from Lois Holton, that I just, sometimes I just listen to the music and I can do every single part of the piece till to these days. And the other one was the Morse pavan from José Limón. Uh, mm. Those two pieces were for me like magical. They were like embedded in my in my bones. And uh, I, I remember being on stage letting go of everything and be in that, in that stage of performing or, or artistry that
0: it was very magical. So, yeah. Oh, I, I wish I had a memory to know if I got to see you do those, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um Well, so during some time in there, you were also dancing with, uh, well, before it was 2Dance, it was called Space to Embrace. And in like 2004, 2005, is that right? Um, can you can you share a little bit about your experiences of the process with Tony and Yuri with that? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So during that time, Yuri was member of MDT, of the company, And he already choreographed a few works for MDT. Um, And he and Tony wanted to do a project. And that idea started with us dancers saying, hey, we want to do more of your work. Why don't we get together in the summer and just play? Uh, So that motivated that initial space to embrace. The first one was in two thousand three, which I was not able to do because I already accepted a dance gig in LA. Um, but I did the second one in two thousand four and two thousand five, and and again it was a, it was a project led by both Tony and Yuri, and uh, they gather a group of us that uh, were you know, very, very good. They were, we were all very good dancers. Peggy, Marianne Bradley, Penny, uh, Free, um, Stephanie Filner, um some other dancers they will bring from, from North Carolina Dance Theater and from New York. And then eventually dancers from Lines, including Laurel Keen. So it was a group of, of dancers, um, seasoned dancers and and new dancers that we were all there kind of experimenting with, with him, um, with his and his creation and, and, and under Tony's eyes were, um, she had such an ability to help us, uh, get the work and clean the work and, and extract from all of us, uh, that, that again, that magical, uh,
0: Performance uh, state right so yeah, I mean, talk about you know outstanding performers in in that list you just shared, and, and such a variety as well um, I mean <laughs> you can't fail <laughs> with with uh, amazing dancers like that and having that part of the process.
1: Right and it was a lot of pressure because you are you are like dancing with Marion Bradley you really <laughs> need to get your stuff together I I remember <laughs> I had to partner her and uh, she's such a hard worker oh my yeah. god and me too I'm very I'm like I'm like do it until you don't think about it type uh, of a dancer yeah. uh before we get to a stage so and she's kind of like that so we were laughing because we were Questioning who was who was the most perfectionist between the two of us, and huh? <laughs> and then you had dancers from Lines Ballet or from Ailey who you know are kind of national uh, stars, kind of and 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 it was stressful in that sense, and, but the good kind of competition that 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 makes you learn from others. Um, and, and get better. So it was it was a fantastic experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's so great that you... Cause I, I also didn't know that you were going off uh, as a dancer in other states and things like that as well. So Minnesota Dance Theater, when the contract, when you're not contracted with them, you were able to, to go and be a guest with other companies.
1: Right, yeah, because our contract ended somehow, I believe, in May or in April with the last performance in the spring season. So then I have the summer off, and I usually will uh, either find jobs uh, with other companies through friends, um, or um, I will stay here and dance, like, for,
0: for a space to embrace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of going back now, jumping back to... Um, your injury and and kind of embracing more of that artistic director and, or associate artistic director and teaching more in the community. Cause I know you, you taught at SPCPA and the university of Minnesota. Um, can you share a little bit of your philosophy or approach to training young dance artists? Uh, you shared a little bit about your previous experiences and taking in all that other dancers or teachers that taught you, but do you have a specific example of, of your approach?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, certainly my approach has have have evolved, has evolved, um, based on, uh, the things that I've learned in, in recent years about, um, colonial colonialism, um, in, in, in white culture um, as a, as a predominant uh, culture. So and ballet, uh, which is what I teach mostly is, uh, is comes from Europe and from, from white centric um, mm. culture. So uh, I, I believe first and most that everybody can dance. Uh, the dance is is within us as a culture, as 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 a, as, a, as as human beings, um, and then that there are different forms that we can experiment with, uh, and ballet is one of them. Um, my my goal through my teaching is first and most to make it fun, um, to make sure that people feel comfortable and confident. Uh, to make sure that through process we get better at things, uh, but also to teach uh, about what it takes to to accomplish something, mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 you know I've taken modern classes and 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 many classes, many dance classes, and 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 ballet is is, is one of those. So where we uh, not that we have to be goal oriented, but certainly with practice, we we learn more. Um, so uh, I think that teaching dance or we teachers of dance have that responsibility to make sure that uh, we're faithful to to what the technique or style is. Uh, and and share historical aspects uh of it and how we are evolving from those original yeah. settings. But um but yeah, it's just it's just to make sure that we continue to inspire, especially the young people who are
0: um up and
1: coming in the in the dance world.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like the self-expression of each individual. It's an individual journey, it sounds um and you're giving tools to them in a in a great way. I I did not know Abdo that you went to college uh for business as well. So it, my next question which was I always find it, you know, so interesting and that you're a a great example of having the chops to take, you know, like the left and right side of the brain of that creative and administrative kind of approach to things. Um I I hope and think that I have the same thing, Uh, but becoming managing director of two dance in 2012 and now, now presently the executive director as well, like how that transpires and what that, how you balance that, you know, the creative side, like, yeah, what's your approach to that? Um, Or is it just something that has come naturally to you?
1: Yeah. Well, I grew up, um, in a family that had businesses and that's why I chose to be in business administration. Um, because influenced by my mom, my dad and everybody, all my uncles and aunts, you know, they were like, you're gonna take care over the, the business, the family business. So you should go to college for that. So I did that. Um, the good thing is that what i learned that has helped me um, at college is is the power the self-empowering ability to make decisions which is what an administrator or a business administrator does you know how do we see environments and make the best decisions which helped me a lot in dance uh, because you are constantly making decisions, so I within myself I always felt like a intersection uh, or or a good merit between my business administration background and my dance learning and my performing career. Uh, so uh, at MDT started when I think Lisa noticed some kind of um, leadership. Uh, is also related to commitment and, and, and on the legacy of Lois Holton uh, that she started to give me opportunities to be more uh, involved in the administration, like a rehearsal director who I will have to, you know, with her work on casting uh, or make arrangements for the daily schedule or for the season or um, things like that in the office. And that led me to continue to do projects and um, sometimes even helping her with how to uh, uh, read or uh, how to understand certain things of, uh, you know, financial statements, because Mm -hmm. that's what I study. You know, I had the expertise to do that. Uh, And uh, that led me to learn many things. And also in dance, when we... Uh, organizations in dance that have uh, usually a turnaround of employees Uh, you know at MDT when for example the development director would leave uh, they will ask me hey can you help us with you know this and and you know I was doing good with computers and um, I started doing work at MDT in every capacity in you know, marketing and development, and, and also for the company artistically. Uh, what happened uh, after I left MDT is that at the same time, 2Dance was starting the school. And when they learned that I left MDT, they hired me as a consultant to help them develop their school programming and systems. Um, and that then led me to becoming the managing director because they had that position open. Uh, And they asked me, do you want to do it? And then I I was for a few months, the intern managing director, and then they offered me the the position. That was in in 2012. Uh, But just to go back to your question, my approach to my administrative work is... Is 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 dancing? Oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's about all the things we learn in the studio. Is showing up and be ready. Is making decisions that are smart. Uh, is about communicating in partnership. Knowing who is with you on stage in the studio with respect. Is about being organized is about taking care of yourself <laughs> uh, although that always you know is a challenge <laughs>
0: mm, yeah that <laughs> balance have,
1: yeah when you have to work for many hours and you forget to eat or sleep well <laughs> yeah but 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 that's that's what i feel every time i have a doubt administratively in my leadership i always think about dance mm. because we we all learn Incredible lessons in this stu- in, in the studio, in, in a performance, in, in our art form. And I think those lessons are live lessons that any any of us apply or could apply in, in our in our personal lives and careers, regardless if we continue to be professional dancers or, or if we
0: ever be professional dancers. Here, here. I think that's very very well said and and beautiful, I can't agree more. I always am like i think dancers are the most well rounded humans <laughs> uh, hopefully that they that they, they can access and have those uh resources at their fingertips to acknowledge and and recognize that um well so you continue to train dancers at two dance are you still at the u of m teaching dance as well right now or no
1: i'm okay. only teaching at two dance center
0: okay yeah with those executive director responsibilities as well i'm sure <laughs> time is of the essence um what is what is your personal practice in dance i know you are certified teacher in gyrotonic what what brought you to that practice yeah i started doing
1: Gyrotonics when I injured my knee for the first for the second time and um I was having back problems, uh spasms, and I wanted to, you know, to do it. And and who recommended it to me was Lisa Holton, because that was a big thing in New York. And she said, Why don't you take some gerotonics? So I did here and um uh, I just loved the technique. I used to take Pilates a lot. And with Gerotonics, I felt that it was much more adequate for what my body needed. Um, and then I stopped doing it just because of, you know, dancer salary or uh, I couldn't afford it or whatever reasons. 2BC uh, is a good reason, too, uh, until COVID started. And when COVID started, I was... Questioning, what are, what is my purpose, uh, and what else, what is what else is there for me, uh, and, and I'm talking about Abdo and his body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I, I, I know I wanted to continue teaching uh, ballet, and eventually, you know, when I choreographed for the school, um, but I wanted to to experiment with more, like that. well being part of. Um, so I contacted Wendy Anderson who ha- was teaching uh here at tuden Center. Um, and I said, what are the possibilities for me to become a certified trainer? And she's like, oh yes, you can do it. And then she mentored me into it. Um, so yeah, I became a gerotonic certified. I bought my own... Uh, Equipment, and I call it with COVID money, because not going out to restaurants and bars, <laughs> I was I was able to save the money to buy my machine. Uh, and right now I'm in the process of getting certified for gyrokinesis.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So can you describe, I, I'm always fascinated by the difference between gyrotonic and gyrokinesis. Can you share a little?
1: Yes, uh, yes. Yes, gerokinesis is, is, is this technique, philosophy uh, of well-being that uses a bench on a studio and your body. Um, and gerotonics uses an equipment that is a, what we call the tower and the bench. Uh, usually gerokinesis is taught uh, in group sessions in a studio and gerotonics is taught usually one-on-one.
0: Okay. Were they founded by the same uh, founder? Yes, Julius Arthur. Arthur. Okay. Yes, he founded,
1: he started with gyrokinesis and then he developed gyrotonics.
0: Okay. And does the gyrotonic machine kind of look like, you know, like the Pilates kind of machines? I know that's probably illegal to say (laughs) Pilates, but I think there's a lot of like crossover in a, a, a certain way. Um, and, yeah. and very opposite as well.
1: <laughs> Correct. It's it's kind of similar in a way. Uh, the the machine, the tower has pulleys with attachments to weights and springs uh, that you use to do uh, the exercises uh, using that resistance. And the to- and the bench. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. has. Uh, Two mechanical arms that you use to to do um, a lot of the uh, spinal uh, motions, uh, and that's the main difference. Is just gyrotonics and gyrokinesis is based on circular movements that uh, help you to gain strength and flexibility and a better posture and and uh, in a very holistic way. Um, and it's not as lineal as the lattice could be.
0: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I've been fortunate to be taking uh non Edwards gyro yeah. and it, it honestly, I feel like a superhero after I do it. So I, you are, you are teaching classes or, or doing one-on-ones with the gyrotonic. Is that right?
1: Yes, I'm doing one-on-one with Jura and I've been teaching as an apprentice um, gyrokinesis here at Tuden Center. Very cool.
0: So we can check you out in that way uh, yeah. and take that class. Well, Abdo, there. Yeah, I know that every time I do these, there's such a glimpse into someone's career, and, and you know, you're continuing to do so much. Um, you really have created. <laughs> it's just such an exemplary. Exemplary career, performing beautifully, and I have so many images of you performing and and dancing in the studio, and and then the fostering that you do with the impact of dance through your training of students, uh, these strong, amazing, creative, and successful affiliations in the art form. I I really just commend you and applaud you and and what you've what you've done and what you continue to do and bring. So thank you so much for your time today and your continued passion. Thank
1: you so much, Matthew. So happy to be here.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Next week, we speak with Maggie Bergeron.